Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down. I am Pat B. On the side of me, you see the regular cast of the Degenerates. I turn to my right, and here is my man, Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. How we doing, Pete? Oh. It's good to see you, my friend. Right, right. right. I went up for the high five. Like, <laughs> 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 you're all geeked out. Like, ah! Yeah, oh, no, no, you geeked out. <laughs> I, geeked, I geeked out on the geek down. That's, 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 that's very wrong, and we won't do that again. Also in the house, the voice you heard deriding and mocking me as normal. Shameful. No respect. Shayna. Well, you know I'm always happy to be here, Pat. Yeah, don't come, don't come in all happy and stuff now. Well, you know I'm always happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's what I live for. Yo, the hatred and vitriol spitting from this woman like a minute before the show started. Woo! Honky honky. Hostile. Yeah, okay, right there. Now, we'll, 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 we'll jump right into it with that, with that, with that non sequitur sound bite because tonight we are talking about this new Richard Pryor documentary, and man, I am getting information I never knew existed. Mm -hmm. Information I didn't want to have. <laughs> no, actually, it was a lot of good stuff. We're talking about I Am Richard Pryor, mm -hmm. uh, the new documentary available on Amazon Video. Also, sticking with the Amazon Video trend, we have Triple Threat. Not to be confused with Triple Frontier on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Completely different. Yes, not to be uh, confused with Triple Team, the latest series on Pornhub. Which is <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Triple Threat is actually a movie I was looking really looking forward to, and then I and then I watched it. Uh, <laughs> I think we're all looking a... forward to this. When you see that cast, you're like, wow, this is a who's who of like kind of recognizable action stars. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, they are. Who's in this? Martial arts movies, you know. Who well, then you realize you're like, why are you only semi known? You'd have to tell like it is, Adam. Uh, but no, lay, lay, lay on him. Who, who, who's who's casting this bad boy? There's uh, Tony Jaws in this. Mm -hmm. Scott Atkins is in this. Mm -hmm. Michael Bisping from UFC fame is in this. I mean, you can't ever get UFC actors and stuff like that. That's a good sign of a of a bad project. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, starring UFC legend. Okay, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. That's I can't wait like for the latest the, blockbuster starring Chuck Liddell. That's kind of like in the '90s with the WWE. Well, right, yeah. I mean, but I did like Suburban Commando. Suburban Commando was a, is, is a legendary movie. Right. But I mean, well, let's pay respect to Dwayne The Rock Johnson for breaking that trend. One. Finally, Stone Cold made a few good. No, no, no. He, no, no, he, no that's, not, that's not a sentence you can finish, my friend. Uh, and also, also, bring, bring it at home. It's my main man, the funniest dude on the planet, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> With the most depressing, depressing quote-unquote sitcom I have ever seen. <laughs> this was a, this was a, this was tough. Yeah, talk oh, about his latest man. project on Netflix, uh, Afterlife, it, which is it's, just it's, I, I, it's I, good. Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into it in in a, in in a, in a few minutes. But spoiler, I damn near felt like crying, like legit. <laughs> not from to, though. Oh, was it the heroin use or was it the wife being dead the whole time? Dude, it was just honest, okay? The, especially that third episode when he makes a friend and then the way that ends. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll jump into those in just a few. But first, let's break it down to I am Richard Pryor. Hmm. I am an alcoholic. Are you now? Thank you for coming out, man. It's very no. brave. Now, this, is from, this is from the same people that do this, the I Am series, which I didn't really know until I put it all together. It was the I Am Chris Farley, which is one you saw on Comedy Central, uh, and then I Am Heath Ledger, which is another one so many these uh, recently deceased uh, people. And this one, this is, like you said, it brought up a bunch of old stuff, and and one of the things I noticed with, with this documentary was like it really focused in on one of his five marriages. It's like, why is that one more significant? And then you realize it was probably produced by that one ex-wife. Oh, really? The case. How convenient. <laughs> 
So, wow, it's like, uh, yeah, I was the special Which one of the five. And everything. <laughs> but really, when you think about it, when you look at this man, it's like, this is a guy who's obviously, like, saw women as as something that, that he could never really get close to, and then you realize that, like, it, it really harks back to his childhood and stuff like that, because he was born and raised, basically, by his grandmother in a brothel mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It probably kind of skews your, your views and your relationships with women in the future, so five marriages really seems like a, like a low amount. <laughs> when you think of it like that, when you're growing up that way, Damn. But, yeah. Tell us how you really feel about it, Adam. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a it's a tough thing, and it really does focus on like the, those younger years. I think you you thought so as well. Yeah. I did actually, dude. It made a lot of good I points about his personality, and uh, I wasn't ready for that. I, I'm used to. I mean, you watch a documentary on a famous figure, especially a comic. Mm-hmm. You know, you think they're gonna talk about their jokes, and you know, they were up for a while, and then they were down. They struggled in their career and stuff. This talk about him as a person. Which I do. It was awesome. I, I really appreciate that because we got a sense of uh, the motivations that you know really really pushed him in various directions. Like why did you make Superman three? <laughs> why? why? <laughs> you know what? They, they, money was involved. They actually talked about that a little bit, which right, yeah, uh, which was I good. Mean, he's been in other like, really strange movies. You really, really look into it. He's been into some other really random movies and movies that by today's standards, well, at least by then's fits standards weren't good, but now today we're fascinated with, like... Well, yeah, but I mean, also now it's, like, historical value. Now we're oh, going yeah. back into, where were you in life when you decided to make this piece of crap? Let's get a, <laughs> let's get an in-depth look. And you don't always get that from a documentary. Usually it's all about glorifying the person or their legacy, you know, and not that this was, like, cutting them down or anything, but it just gave us a look at Richard Pryor, uh, the human being. Like how he got involved in like the 60s and stuff like that and how that kind of pushed him for being kind of like the white bread phase mm-hmm. and put it, you know what I mean, it's being like a little bit more active and choosing his projects and stuff like that. So, you know, it's like he definitely was trying to be um, a Bill Cosby type uh, when he first came out because like that was the way to go. Yeah, I mean, but... but particular moment in time like because a lot of comics lived off the college circuit and they weren't booking you if you look like Lenny Bruce you know like hell look at Lenny Bruce look at his first couple albums opposed to later on in his life like everybody uh... went from being very with their ties and tucked in until you know it got mid 60s and everybody was like screw it yeah, gonna go on stage with my dashiki and afro. Let him tell me no. Uh, what you mean I've been scrubbed from the booking? What? Right. Um, no, I, I do respect that. And then that's where it got a little dicey for me, too, because, yeah, this documentary does touch on uh, how he tried to mimic uh, Bill Cosby for a while. He was the accepted, the more um, widespread, culturally accepted comed- black comedian. At the time, and I'm like, ew, ew, There's there's something really, really, like, interesting about that, though. Like, during this time, Bill Cosby was, like, the black comedian, and no one could topple him. And and Richard Pryor was so offbeat, personality-wise. Like, he was so different, and nowadays, it would be Richard Pryor. Definitely. Totally, yeah. I mean, it was him then too, but it was like two sides of a coin. Like, he would never get the same kind of mainstream recognition because Bill Cosby didn't make, you know, middle America uncomfortable. Yeah, Bill Cosby Richard also... Richard didn't have that ability. Bill Cosby also told what I, what I consider uh, 70s 
safe black stories for white people yeah back then you know what i'm saying it's like bill cosby had this whole air of i'm gonna tell you about stuff that happened to me growing up as a black youth in america but it's not gonna be stories that are gonna make uh the middle america middle of the, the, the middle um of the country are you saying he's uh, like bill really cosby see. is the green book of black comics <laughs> so, that's what I, I, like. I wouldn't quite say that in Whereas, so many like, terms Richard Pryor's Adam would Klansman. say that I'd be a little more uh, I'd, 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 I can dance around the point but essentially yeah you know it's like Bill Cosby back then was safe ironically enough if folks knew what Bill Cosby was doing you know once he got off stage mm, mm, it's funny we rap. knew what Richard was doing when he got off stage and somehow that made him safer Richard talked about it on stage but you didn't care mm -hmm. uh, okay so all this is covered in the documentary which I actually did respect they went into um, more of his personal story like we heard from him there's a lot of interviews in this I've watched documentaries on Richard Pryor before but this had interview um, material dude I've never seen Mm -hmm. I never heard the words of like young Richard Pryor when he was first coming out talking about his motivations back then. That was cool, right? And it didn't a lot like a lot of documentaries have uh, commentary from people that knew him and people that have studied him just around yeah, it. It's usually. like, and sometimes that's very informative and helpful, and sometimes just these people basically just sucking off you know whoever the the top the, well, these... the topic is for like half the documentary. This didn't do that. Well, we I heard was... very little from the quote unquote expert historian. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the uh, thing about heard. historians. They sometimes, especially people who look up to you. Mm -hmm. Like, if someone looks up to you, they're not going to see you for all your. They're not going to see all the cracks and faults in who you are. Mm -hmm. And some, whereas a person themselves, if they're really honest and self aware, they can tell you that. And it doesn't diminish them as a person, it just makes them more a person. Yeah, I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying that I like that well, this let the uh, material speak to itself, mm -hmm. uh, right. speak for itself, you know? You ever remember that? Uh, that interview he did he was talking about Gene Wilder and stuff like that and he was very very high at the time and he was putting him down that's a tough <laughs> one to get through and I always hark back to that and like how unstable he was so for a lot of those years too and like he was still trying to do work and like it didn't get pretty as like his life got moved on towards the end and everything like that obviously the MS uh, when he, he got diagnosed with that and just like the drug use and like the years took a toll on him so like yeah, yeah he was yeah. still active all the way to the end but it just really wasn't yeah. that, and know? it just never they never left him too and you gotta understand that like it's not a, really a story that ends really that happily you know what I mean and I think it's one of the themes of the series too we talk about Chris Farley when you talk about uh, Heath Ledger they all end very tragically in and like kind of these ways very passionate like really talented people people who were like when they existed were saying this is going to be the next big thing like especially like Farley and Ledger like Chris Farley was going to be the next big thing out of sight he was going to be the next Chevy Chase like um, Heath Ledger was going to be the next big leading Oscar winning leading man and those two lives stopped very abruptly before they could ever reach a real apex yeah. we just saw the beginning climb Richard we got to see the, the apex but his life it, it, like it just when he got over. it yeah just when he got to a point where like when he got better from his addiction his comedy did get better and like the things he talked about got better and he never lost his sense of humor. Mm. And I love a lot of his comedy specials after his, um, especially after a freebasing accident. <laughs> um, like, he was really 
in retrospective, and you can see how he was letting go of some of the old stuff in the baggage. And it sucks that just when he was getting to a point in his life where he was forming into a better version of himself, MS happened and locked him in his body. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it was, it was a tough way to go. I always like because uh, you know everything kind of comes together with you know after he has the the accident, you know what I mean, the the pre-basing accident, and it's a, the live on the Sunset Strip stand-up, mm-hmm. one of the highly regarded as one of the one of the greater stand-ups. But yeah, I always remember when I watched it, even at the time, it was like him coming out to the stage and he was wearing the you know, that suit, and but that look on his face, like how scared he was, and that was the first time you saw Richard Pryor probably like, you know, have that bit of self-doubt, that bit of like anxiety, that bit of fear on his face, that he wore like so honestly, and then, you know, he gets a couple laughs and everything like that and it all starts to wash away, but like, it, it must have been so tough for him to go through that and have his personal life out there and all those demons kind of exposed that he tried to keep it, uh, under wraps a little bit, you know, it was all out there at the time, so he had nothing else to do, nowhere else to go but to face it, and it was, it's a pretty impressive stand-up, but also, it, you know, a lot of people say that was kind of made in the editing room, too, like, a lot of those jokes, I guess, didn't really go over so well yeah, at you the know, time, that's you know a, what I mean? A, a lot of them were, like, kind of edited out, and they were kind of massaged a little bit through the editing process, but it, was, it wasn't as, like, a universally adored performance at the time, you know what I mean? But the, the stand-up on film is, is fantastic. No, it's yeah. But that's one of those things where you look to a documentary to really uh, cover and bring out. Um, like, the thing is, we're going to get a polished look. Yeah. And I, I do feel this gave a polished look, but it also gave a more well-rounded view of him as a man, which I did dig, because I watch a lot of documentaries. Uh, I know you do, too. Uh, Shana, are you a doc now? It's kind of 50-50, because like, I, I just like watch a lot of movies in general. The documentary comes out, and like, I watched the um, Mr. Rogers one, Cried Like a Baby. Yeah, um, I, 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 I find it hard to find. Uh, if, if you watch that with dry eyes, you are just a heinous, no evil person. You just have no soul. Yeah, yeah I was like, happy he was gone, man. <laughs> Ruining my childhood. Yeah, this is all about Captain Kangaroo all day. But no, that that's what you want though. You want something to you want something to not just give you like the story and you know honestly unfiltered, unfettered, but you want to present it without the chaff, you know? It's like this one we do talk about and we will talk about how yes, Richard one of the driving forces in Rich in Richard's life were his relationships. You know, the good, the bad and how they affected him, his comedy, where he would eventually go in life. But it didn't present all of them. We discovered, kind of discovered why, you know, that was a factor. But we also want to have that same emotional impact that their life and their work did. So if it's talking about someone who's been long dead, you know, I haven't thought about Richard Pryor uh, from a comedy perspective in a few years because he's been gone a few years, you know. But this is something I look for to bring me back to that, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that bit. Oh, yeah, I remember when he was doing this. Dude, he was that high when he made this movie. I get this now and such. But he's always funny, though. That's the yeah, thing. It's yeah, just like it was always funny. Not always. Remember, remember. Uh, yeah, there was a yeah, they had that performance when he went up uh, at the at the Pride celebration, <laughs> and then went up there and just called them all types of specific f words and such, and said, "Yeah, y'all were never down for the black community." Well, uh, I mean, he kind of had a point. I'm not saying he didn't have a point. I'm saying you know, like, pick, pick, pick he your had moments. A tendency to say things that maybe needed to be said, but not really care about how they were said. Cause that's kind of true. But that's oh, your job to kind of like, present material yeah, like, in a in a 
in a way, you know what I mean? So that's a failure totally on his right. part too. And I yeah. know what you're talking about the Hollywood poll. Like he was he was right though. Like when it came to the LGBT community, they forgot about minorities all the time. Same thing with the feminist movement. They forgot about minorities. It became mostly about white LGBT or white feminism, but not everybody. And when you didn't bring in everybody, you weren't uplifting anybody. And that was his point. Like so they kinda deserved to be pointed out in their hypocrisy. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like, it's like, yo, point them out. Don't attack, because that's not going to... Attacking's not going to change their mind. You point out and let them know. It's like, I would appreciate it if y'all did more. And now I'm telling you, because y'all brought me here thinking I was going to say one thing. You didn't expect that I was going to point out. Yeah, but you know what? We still feel slighted because y'all forgetting about us. It's like these are supposedly quote unquote well, allies. We're I'm not going to attack my allies. I'm going to let my allies know, they hey, allies. cover this. That's the point. Well, he was no, pointing saying, out they that should, they weren't real allies. They, they should be. But, nah, dig this though. They should be allies. And they're the ones that claim we try to be allies. But yo, you're not allying. So am I going to punch you in the face and say, you're not allying? Or am I going to poke you in the chest and say, hey, you're not allying? I and mean, there's a difference between the two. What he did was punch in the face. I, well, I, all I'm saying is... Sometimes people need punch in the face. I'm not... Sometimes people need punch in the face. I'm Especially saying... Groups that are... That yeah. probably was a poke in the chest That probably was a poke in the chest moment. That was a poke in the chest moment. rich people who were like... Okay, now you projecting your own yeah. POV there. Yeah, no, until, <laughs> until you get the hard the facts. These were like, this was at a really, really wealthy fundraiser. Yo, until you get the hard facts, let, let's, let's avoid projecting there. And also, I'm not projecting. I, I, feel, I feel you That's what the fundraiser there. was. It was this big, wealthy fundraiser with a bunch of wealthy people who did not care about the people who were really on the ground. All right. All right, we'll agree to disagree on that one for now. We'll follow up on that later. But when it comes down to this documentary, I appreciate a lot of what it gave, what it came through with. I think it was good. I don't think it was perfect uh, for a lot of the reasons that I'm actually that you brought up too. Um, that it focused on very specific stuff, which was cool, but it also negated a lot of very obvious stuff right. for <laughs> reasons which you can see shining through. Yeah, Black mm, relationships, you gotta follow the, you know, no commentary, involved, yeah, right, yeah. no commentary so for which, children. Which, which ex-wife? Uh, mm, exactly. <laughs> I want to uh, know which one. Mm, you watched the documentary, you know what we're talking about. I did not watch the documentary because my internet was down for two days. Ah, uh, excuses, excuses. <laughs> Apparently uh, I'm the only one in my neighborhood that so has Xfinity, so my Xfinity is not great. Oh, come on, you gotta step up, Shane. <laughs> yeah, be all about that files, he said from his Xfinity. <laughs> yeah, shows. I mean, you always gotta look at, you know, what they omit <coughs> on purpose, Is it to, to what ends is it for. And, you know, I don't know if it really, if that was a big deal for me because I didn't really read too much into it. I didn't really care about his relationships. Mm -hmm. It was really fascinating, the stuff about his early life and things like that was what I took away from it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this kind of comes out on the on piggybacking on another one that was made a few years before, too. So there's been a few prior docs out there. Um, and then this one's, you know, it's so-so. I think it's middle of the road. I think it's good. I think you can take some stuff out of it, but I don't think it's like the, the definitive prior doc, you know what I mean, that he deserves, but there's, there's, is some good stuff there, I will, I will say that. Yeah, so, no, I, I, I concur, I concur, it could have done a, a better job of, I don't know, finding, uh, more of a varied opinion on his background, at the very least, getting more, uh, commentary from folks who were directly involved in his, in, well, more folks who were directly involved, because they had the ex-wife there, mm -hmm. they had the one yeah, ex-wife there, like, and they me, got her 
POV, and it seemed very limited after a while. Sure, yeah. And it's like, you think, well, it's a documentary. They're going to get there, you know, over time. But it's also a documentary series. They don't, this isn't going to give you five hours of material to sift through. Right, this is a Ken Burns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is nicely parsed down. Ken Burns, <laughs> Richard Pryor. I want to see that. <laughs> Ken Burns, Richard Pryor. Like, no, it's it's to all like the ex-wives, all like, seven children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, each, each, each has their own episode, you know, that'd be good. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this one a thumbs up, but it's like with that, with those caveats, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're, if you're into prior, I mean, you're gonna want to dig up as much material about him as you can, so anytime you're watching stuff on his old routines and stuff about his old life, it's like, it's, it's, it's a good time, you know what I mean? I don't think it's the best doc, for sure, I don't think it was particularly well made or anything like that, but you're at the end of the day, you're watching some good stuff on, on Pryor, so uh, I'll give it some good there. Alright, so, yeah. right, so it's I Am Richard Pryor. It's available right now on Amazon Video. It's going to be there for a little while, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the series, because you mean the I Am dot 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 series. So, I mean, we'll see if they come out with a winner next time. This one was just kind of all right. It squeaked through with a thumbs up. But now, dude, I want to get your opinion, and I want to get your opinion on Triple Threat. Because the cast of this bad boy, Tony Ja, martial artist supreme there. Tiger Lee, martial artist supreme there. Yeah. Eco Yue, martial artist supreme there. Star of the Raid series. Yeah. Michael yeah. Jai White, Black Dynamite. Why like, so could he ever be in a video? Well, he he can't. He was Dynamite. in uh, what's the, what's the <laughs> he was one? He was in Black Dynamite. What was the one he was in with uh, uh, Steven Seagal? Oh, oh Steven Seagal. Seagal? See, um, I don't consider any movie with Steven Seagal in it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's where you're me. absolutely wrong. Right. Hey, I don't like Steven Seagal. I'll be your man. Or. It was actually DMX. Okay, no, no, no. Not a The Onion movie he was in. He was uh, damn, not not cockknocker, but a cockknocker type character. <laughs> he walked. He walked in. He walked I in. I love how everybody's forgetting that somewhere. he was in Dark Knight. <laughs> Steven Seagal. No. Michael Chow. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Seagal's uh, Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fit into my bat suit. <laughs> oh, Let me I just stretch this out for a while. That's why I wear kimonos all the time. Like, no, okay, to be fair, yeah, he was in Dark Knight until he got that's not a Yeah, that's a, not a Michael I'm so sad for him. Like, I'm like, His pecs are too big. I was like, you could... I was like, I thought you were going to be the black action star. What happened? I thought you were going to be Wesley Snipes, and that didn't happen. Well, he was. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, <laughs> he was in Black Dynamite. That's all. That's, yeah, that's all I can say. You know what Spawn? Spawn doesn't count because he spent the whole thing in like makeup. You couldn't identify. And, and yeah. burnt face. And he wasn't doing like he was doing burnt face. Spawn was another movie he was in. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not great stuff. We're not talking about Shakespeare here. This is true. All right, but the movie we're talking about right now is Triple Threat. This is a movie that's pretty much um, laid out kind of like an Expendables-type cast. You know, a lot of folks in this are folks with established martial arts careers. Yes. And I've been uh, thinking about doing this for a long time. Like, you know, like, yeah, I was like, I mean, they should do like a, a B-movie version of The Expendables. It's just <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It has all these other uh, action stars, you know what I mean, like that would happen. I wanted Bill Duke to show up. <laughs> I wanted some of that. Yeah, yeah, no, Bill Duke Michael Budikoff shows up somewhere, spin kicks somebody, yeah, something Bill like Duke that. Bill Duke didn't show up because his English is too on point. Everyone <laughs> in this was subtitled horribly. And, when and they that's including Mich
Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, this is a, this is a film that takes place. It has a similar problem to um, the Expendables too, and all those things that is uh, right now. The problem with the Expendables was it didn't have, um, even though it brought in all these people that are well known for doing action movies, uh, really successful Bad ones. Movies. It didn't have them as what we wanted to see those successful characters in one uh, joint story. This had those actors in one unique story, which, yeah, I love, like, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, John McClane and freaking every, you know, yeah. uh, Schwarzenegger role, you know, yeah, like, like Rambo, Rambo and, and stuff. Rambo, yeah, exactly. But Slice Alone also did Tango and Cash. Which is the greatest movie he's done. Are you, if you say one bad thing, I'm walking off the show. Okay, I'm walking off the better example. Slice Malone also did his Judge Dredd movie. All right, there we go. You know, so it's like they have all, I look at the bad ones. You know, John McClane was also the lead in Die Hard 4 5. You know, what I'm getting at is these characters. What's it called? His vanity project. I forget that one. Which one? Hudson Hawk? Thank you. Hudson Hawk. We put a moratorium on Hudson Hawk because that was like uh, a random non sequitur that we had I know on, on our first like, I 20 show. I still want to know if it's true if he spent all that money to CGI his hair tonight. Oh, I, 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 that, I don't that, know. There is a mysterious like amount of money missing from the budget. That yeah, seems like probably went in his back pocket. I don't think it's his hairline. That's though. his gold toilet seat. That's what that is. <laughs> uh, but this movie is about these three characters. Um, well, it's about more than three characters, but it's about all these characters in one uh, uh, unique story. That story is a group of mercenaries are invading a camp, supposedly a camp of terrorists or a camp of drug dealers or a camp. Of, it's never quite clear who the bad guys are for a good amount of time. We just know we're following these uh, insurgents in to take out this um, Indonesian uh, stronghold. It's like, okay, cool. And then they're not blazing all guns left and right. They fire a few shots and they go in and the martial arts actually starts. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'm invested. Full, let's do this. And then you get a couple quick fight scenes and then the double cross happens. Okay, cool, we're on some serious stuff now. You know, it's about to go down. And then, no, nothing. It becomes this weird story about uh, there's a diplomat trying to take out uh, the drug trade and try to, you know, disband the gangs and such. And how's she doing it? She's injecting a lot of money. And then we get Tony Job, and then we get Taiyo Lee, and then we get Iko Yue, and there's some back and forth martial arts. And the story goes nowhere. There's like a personal revenge thing that becomes kind of hard to follow and you stop caring. There's well, the, the thing is, cops in this country and you kind of spend too much time with them and you stop caring and I'm like yo where is the dope movie I was promised well the thing is too unless this unless these guys are fighting their movies aren't particularly great they don't really hold up yeah, so unless it's the raid and he's getting out of the building and it's constant like room to room battles and unless it's like Tony Jaa and Ong Bak like it's yeah. like a 50 minute straight fight scene yeah. the movie's not really important it's just really the their movies are just vehicles to watch them physical fight and be awesome and so it's like when it's not that it's like it's it's convoluted it's weird it makes no sense there's little going on that you you care about they're not particularly great actors they're not communicating well they don't speak the same language it's it's a little uncomfortable so it's like there's no real glue to hold this thing together other than the fight scenes the fight scenes aren't constant and and well coordinated then your your project's really not going to make it. And throwing more action stars or just adds more cooks to the kitchen and more problems. Yeah. Uh, so I, there's not I, really I, any reason by there. One of these guys, if it's just like a straight through, can carry it himself. Mm -hmm. That's how good they are. 
physically they're, you know, some of the most talented actors I've ever seen. Like, you know, it, it's yeah. crazy. However, when, like I said, when you're not doing that, when that's not existing, uh, yeah, you're not really invested much. You're not really there because it's really not Yeah. One thing I do appreciate, though, is at the very least, we got to see when there were fight scenes, we got to see different styles versus different styles. And that's the thing they used to tell a lot. Alright, well, that's a thing that we used to see a lot. And, like, they, they would hold, they would dangle that carrot oftentimes. When they'd have some movies on, like, you know, VHX box covers and stuff, That then it was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, because this one actually had, we got to see some... You know, Shaolin style, we got some Kung Fu versus, um, I don't know what you call that, like European uh, kickboxer stuff. Uh, but the Australian dude was just busting oh, out these right, things yeah. every now and then. It's just right. You know, we got to see Muay Thai. We got to see some actual, like, just straight on cut thing. You know, I mean, I, I, I dug that part. That's when they started to get me back in. I'm like, okay, all of that was a nice vehicle to get us here. Now it's going to be one long ass fight scene until the end. I'm down with that. And now we got uh, some personal vendettas being formed. We got uh, a couple of uh, really convoluted storylines. No, I'm using you to get to my end goal and such. And we're going we're gonna to invest you in mystery. And then we finally got um, Eco UA getting his ass handed to him <laughs> left and right. And I'm like, dude, don't you have like a free movie uh, history of you being the baddest dude on earth? Yeah. What happened? Why are you breaking yeah, the solution? Yeah, that he did recently too was was a, was a, was a bad moment. Yeah, you know. Like, so it's like in this one, he's getting taken out like repeatedly. Yes, it's like <laughs> badly too, just like embarrassing losses. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't have that out on your on your stash. Mm -mm. like, mm -mm. You can't walk away. From mm -mm. That. What was your What was your favorite fight scene in this thing? Or anything, or? anything, Tony Jock. Dude, I watched that guy, you know what I mean? Throwing his elbows, throwing his knees and stuff like that. Like, it's that Thai style that's just all striking. It's like that, like that. Yeah, I watched Unbox like the fight scenes like six times before I saw it. Unbox 3, I think. Unbox 3 is one of the craziest movies ever. It's just straight, like, beating up witches and stuff like that. Like, oh, I like Netflix had Unbox 2 and 3, but not 1. Nice. One's the worst one. What is it? What is it? What is it? What? I was just like, I was like, is there some setup I'm missing? I was like, oh, well, so you said that too. Well, I, I, I have not seen three. I remember for a long time I felt protected. Uh, oh, yeah, the elephants got to get his elephants. Uh, yeah, because, oh, they, because they painted the ass too. No. They're just painting it as the star one. Yeah, it's the guy that well, yeah, that's true. They, 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 they sold it as Ong Bak yeah. too, even though it was made before Ong Bak. Oh, yeah. This movie with the protector, with Tony Ja, same yeah, dude we're talking about. Because he had the sacred. No, they're sacred. He's a religious dude. Yeah, yeah like, he's, he's a monk. They, yeah, his sacred elephant. Yeah. They did a kind of martial arts that legit, legit would crack your collarbone. Yeah. It's the movie if you ever seen like commercial trailers or whatnot. He's fighting with like the elephant bones uh, yeah. strapped to his to his arms. I'm like, oh, and then yeah, this is yeah, this is how stuff they sold. All these movies are sold on the fights, and you're right, you're right. I was looking for too much from the storyline of this, and I guess I learned a hard lesson because you can't really go into this looking. You know for why? It. I'm gonna go, go back to the fights. Go back and like this did not have the fight. Yes. No. You know, it's like going back to like the old action movies and stuff like that. It's like, why was 
Hank Van Dam, who is technically just like a guy, he escaped somewhere, he has to find his way out. So Adam's Van Dam. It's like, it's like, why was those stories effective, like for kids? You know what I mean? Like, it's like there wasn't a story. It's like you, you got out, you had to fight your way to get to what you wanted. All of us. Money was made on the Pisces. No one's watching that guy butcher his way through French, English, you know what I mean? I don't understand because he talks so great. Yeah, exactly. So, he was from Belgium. No, he's Belgian. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a Belgian that speaks French, which is all, all very interesting here when it comes out to me. Well, well, like, uh, act uh, of what they're doing is what sells the movie and what you're tuning in to watch. You're not watching them for the conflict plus like, oh, there's a revenge, double cross, and stuff like that. That's all good if you have to work with yourself like that. Like, I don't even, yeah. like, I, legit, I don't really even care what the plot is. I just don't want it to bore me in between the fight scenes. This is all I really ask of, like, action movies. Like, I love, I, like, I love the dumb action movies of the 80s and the slightly dumber ones from the 90s. And I action love movies can have movies. stories, though. That's they fine, can, but, like, like fight movies specifically cannot. They can, but they need to be entertaining. Because Jet Li's old movies had plots. They didn't have to be strong plots. A lot of times they were kind of thin. Hey, there was a dialogue most of them But I don't know like, what you're talking about. The story of this young man growing up watching his father be a doctor who refuses to fight except for every 45 seconds when he's fighting. Come on. Shame. No, Triple Threat itself as a movie um, kind of let me, left me flat, I feel, which is a bummer because the cast gets you really excited. You know, the concept of them finally doing something this seemingly big gets you really excited. And the performances from the three main guys we talked about, left, let me down, Michael Jai White, let me down, but you all, the dude who was the main villain, you all recognized him more than I did. Uh, what did it expose uh, for audience? Who he was. And, huh? Yeah, yeah, actually uh, gave him a decent performance. Play it on. Michael Bisping is a UFC star. He actually just recently retired and stuff like that. He's he's a monster, man. He's his last fight against George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre, the guy who's dipped his toes into the, uh, the movie Waters. He was in, uh, uh, he got beat up by Captain America, most famously. Um, the dude from the 90s movie? That's, uh, that's, that's shameful. I mean, that should be, that should be. Well, Mike, Mike, Michael Bisping, an English writer and everything like that, but he's he's now like a, he's got kind of one missing eye. You know, he's he's all over the place. Okay, so he's not that great a fighter. If you get an eye, it's not that. No, man, he's been around for a long time. He's, he's a great fighter. Uh, he's just like one of those guys who's, who's taken a lot of damage over the years. And he's probably well off that he's walked away when he did because he's probably you know something through the brain and hit like that so many times. Yeah, you also might want to leave before you lose the eye. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm making an assumption. He lost it in a fight, right? It wasn't like he was at the bank. Or something. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think it's like street fights. Oh, well, like I got it. Like, oh, his cat caught him. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's at the post office. <laughs> Shane, he's making a long distance call from people or something. Yeah. All right, but no, you guys recognized him. Um, well, when I actually didn't know him as a UFC guy, or is it the guy who's done our movies before? And his performance was one of the ones, mind you. 
probably that stood out more because he got more screen time mm-hmm. uh, than a lot of the rest on uh, on camera. But I mean, it was effective. Ultimately, effective. And um, I mean, that's one of the few things I can say that was a positive in this. And I was really looking forward to giving this to it. Oh man, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be this badass martial arts film. And instead, it kind of it, it was kind of mediocre. Um, I'm gonna give this. God damn it! I, see, I, I don't know. I want. I want to say thumbs down from the personal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a bad movie. It's they not something you're going into for free. Don't like. This is not something you should pay to see. Exactly. You can watch it for free. Yeah, I don't think this is getting a director's cut anytime yeah. soon. So. Yeah, it's, it's worth the thumbs up just for that purpose. It's a martial arts film. If you can kind of negate the story. It's just some. It's just an excuse to see some some punching back and forth. Mm-hmm. Michael Jai White tend to go all like punk. That seems to be a uh, trend. Um, he's saying, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, he's. He, he, it's been a while since Black Gun. Black Gun was ten years. That hurts to say because I was really hoping Black Gun might too. But as far as Triple Threat goes, I gotta give it a thumbs down. Man. I, oh no, no, I gotta give it a thumbs up. I want to give it a thumbs down, but. There's nothing that made that, that says suck for this. It's, it's just, just blah. Yeah, exactly. It's just blah. Well, then if it's just blah, I'm giving it a thumbs down because it should have been better. Bang. Done. Oh, wow. I don't disagree. Shayna's like shooting herself with her, with her table. Apparently, I don't know what's going on there. But the movie's called Triple Threat. Um, if you want to check it out, it's available now uh, on Amazon Video as well. But it, it just is what it is. You know, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a martial arts time waste. If you have the time, get some people together, you know, drink through it, talk some mess. Mm-hmm. Don't I don't know. I, I'm kind of bothered because this is better martial arts movies. Like at least there one to eight. In fact, watch, watch the one with the crib, three cripple masters that pull oh, themselves yeah. together like transformers. Like that that is hilarious. But that movie's called Crip Cripple Masters. Yeah, uh, 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 so, it is hilarious. You know, yeah. like they legit stack themselves on top of each other like a transformer and you kick your ass. Like, it's not a good <laughs> It's not good Alright. Okay, so you want to talk about quality, though, my friend. Let us discuss Ricky Gervais in okay, this new sitcom on Netflix. New sitcom on Netflix. Afterlife. Afterlife. Now, what's your opinion on Ricky Gervais in general? Because you guys, you get a supplicant like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I appreciate Ricky Gervais on, on various fronts. And he's one of those guys that has separated himself. Uh, you have to look at. You have to look at him as, uh, I guess, three different people. It's a Ricky Gervais, the comedian, who brought us things like The Office. You know, and, and various comedy specials. So Ricky Gervais, the comedian, Ricky Gervais, the asshole. Background. <laughs> and that wasn't enough, but that wasn't possible to say. Um, but he's also uh, uh, taught himself as a very outspoken atheist. And several of his projects have, involved, have lately involved um, atheism and why. Well, the Adventure of God is a great movie. It was, it was okay. Yeah. But striving not to get preachy in his atheism, but also try, striving to really drive home the point of, yeah. um, but trying to so striving to drive home the point of atheism over religion. But I'm not going to beat it into your head, much like religion would do. It's an interesting standpoint to come from, right? You know, um, Richard Gervais is a dude. Uh, I guess from a comedic standpoint, I like him. He's not my favorite, but I'm not into that dry. Uh, very abrasive too, you know what I mean? Words. It's kind of very, it's like he's, he's smarter than you and he knows it. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little mean So it definitely rubs people the wrong way. And it's like, <laughs> he, he, he is <laughs> very, <laughs> he is very intelligent though. And like he's got like his, I think he's super talented, he's super funny at times. 
But some of it does, you're right. Just like, can you take the times when he's gonna really like go off a little bit and rub you the wrong way? Because you gotta be a little bit offended to like like him too. You gotta be willing to be offended, you know, to enjoy his I can, I can, I can, I'm alright without my comedians just like dissing me to my face. I'm not, you know, he kind of reminds me of a, um, a keep down version of George Carlin. Ricky Gervais? Yeah. I, I can kind of see some of the really to essentially insult his audience to be better. Well, it's not it's insulting so much uh, I mean, as Carlin. It was just like, more like, he's calling people idiots, but like, doesn't like, necessarily speak yeah, yeah, yeah. the majority of the audience agree that the people he's calling out are idiots. Right. Even the audience. Like, right. he, he had no problem. The audience is pointing out silliness. He's not, he's not openly against. I, I feel like but Ricky's no, he face. He's pointing out things like, but Ricky Carlin Jason. also yeah. pointed out, like, really, like, pervasive, like, Things that were kind of wrong with society, like we just kind of tended to ignore. And what you call it, Mr. Grace does a similar thing, the same same way. But I'm saying they were mine. Like they're they're two cars on the same highway to me. Okay, they're pointing out the dumbness. I I, I yeah. to get that. Oh, uh, with this, Richard, 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 the Golden Globes or something like yeah, that, but, okay, where he's so just he's insulting like, people to their face. And yes, that he's insulting people who have everything in life. Yeah, but it's like you're hired to do the job, you know what I mean? We, we can go back and forth about whether or not we're offended by Ricky Gervais. It's really not the point. His story here is like... He's been letting them argue themselves. So, very much the point is Ricky Gervais and George Collins. Well, we that, you know, that stuff was for our entertainment, not for the people in the audience. Yeah, but this is a very different take now. In Afterlife, this is Ricky Gervais not being the comedian that we usually uh, know and see. This is him in a quote-unquote sitcom on Netflix, taking a very dramatic t- uh, take on some very dramatic material. And still, every now and then, trying to inject some Ricky Gervais-style comedy. This? With, okay, Afterlife It's sad. It's melancholy, definitely. But I think it's a portrait. Comedy? About how no, really, actually. Uh, we'll break down for audience, but, what, but I what think it's actually like, a really was good, actually yeah, like I think it's actually a really good um, portrait with his life depressed. But I, but the messages in it are really good for people who talk. Like this is not one of those stories about depression that's going to be like, oh yeah, everything's okay, and you just need to be happy. It really talks about the choice of being happy. How do I choose to be happy? How do I choose to live a life even when life is hard to live? Like, so I don't know, man. Like, it spoke to me. So I, like, I got it. But it was, like, in the first couple episodes, I was like, my God, this is super, super sad. <laughs> but towards the end, it was Okay. <laughs> so the story that is sad until it ends. Gotcha. Well, I mean, um, it's kind of like... Start I mean, firing up. But it's that, because it gets hopeful. And I think sometimes, like, when you are experiencing hard times in life, like, the best you can be is hopeful. Maybe you can't be happy right now, but you can be hopeful for the future. That, you know what, maybe I can make my little spot of life better. Yeah, that, you know, you're right. Uh, on paper, as a message, that's actually pretty decent. The problem with this was that it's a story of one man whose wife passes away. She dies just before the series starts. Mm-hmm. And we're watching him deal with this in his day-to-day life. But it's also painted as a sitcom with Ricky Gervais, who we know as a comedian, going through this. This slapped me in the face just like the first time you see Jim Carrey do a, uh, do a dramatic movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and 
I'm going into this thinking, okay, it's going to be Ricky Gervais approaching this kind of material. This is going to be a new ground for him. Kind of new ground. It's not uh, quite as light as... Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, and I'm not expecting, you know, uh, him to, not expecting it to be a raucous comedy. I know it's going to be some touching material. But it's a comic addressing this. We're going to see how he makes this palatable. And repeatedly, we're hit in the face with just some of the darkest material. We watch him go through like serious depression. And I'm, I'm like, yo, where's the. Where's and it's the, the choice, though, the, that he makes to the be crazy. Because he cho chooses after that. He's like, okay, like, life's, like, instead of like, life's too short, let's live life too fully. Like, life's so short. Let's live life and just insult everybody that we can because why not? And it's an interesting way to do it because sometimes it, 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 I liked it, like when like the dog, the guy, the dog used to be on a leash, or like, guys, oh yeah, you, you know, <laughs> what the hell this guy? But then he's like, then you see him sitting there in a restaurant, the guy's eating crisps really loud, it's like, just let it go, you know what I mean? So there are times where you're like, yes, get that bird, you're kind of like, what, but you're like, but you realize like, you, you don't just turn it off and on, you're either all in or you're not, you know what I mean? And him being all in on living that lifestyle is, it, it's definitely has a strong beat. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're naive to think that, like, okay, bad choices lead to bad things. I think uh, we, we know that, and I think that's what we, we're going to expect. But it's just, it's it's interesting to see see a guy keep pouring on the the drama on itself because it's like, it's like, you know, washing your car away. <laughs> you know, it seems like a little bit what he's doing. Yeah, a suicide know. person who does not know how to stop living. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> this was a rough it's just like, I'm, I'm used to seeing, no, absolutely not. I'm used to seeing depictions of depression, depictions of people dealing with grief. But in a form of entertainment, it's just like, I feel like this one was probably presented the wrong way. Because I really did go into this expecting a comedy. And it was much heavier than I was, I was ready for. Personally, had I known, um, this wouldn't be the type of material I personally would seek out. Because I do appreciate a good drama. When I'm ready for it, it's a drama. When I'm expecting a comedy, and it's just, it, it, the nerve is just so raw that this presents, it was, um, it was a little devastating, especially when it got around. I mentioned episode three before. Episode three, I won't give any spoilers, but episode three is when he finds someone who he think, well, at first he was at odds with, then he, he thinks is a kindred spirit, and he keeps saying that. This other person's like, no, no. It's like, no, we're not. You know, why do you keep assuming that? We're, I'm telling you, we are not. And this is where I'm at, you know, versus this is where you're at. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to show you how kindred we are. And then that blows up in his face in such, uh, just a, just a, a severe way. And then the way they did that too was so goddamn he's, sad. He's I, I, I stopped for I, I stopped. I, I've never seen in a show. Yeah, but um, I had to turn this off. You know who used to do something like that? Is uh is Louie kinda had material like that too. Where it's yeah. like you think it's gonna where you think it's gonna be like, okay, this is media doing this material, so you keep waiting for the laugh. 
and then it just doesn't come. But if you also a little more devastating that way, because you're like, okay, where's the relief? Where's the relief? And there's got to be somebody who's going to crack a joke here or make light of. Well, yeah, but I know, you also recall when we yeah, used to I, review yeah. um, Louis, Louis, uh, Louis. We're talking about Louis C.K. Louis. Um, uh, show on and we used to have that show Louis. I, I I personally stopped watching that too when they had a whole episode where you just watched him and his children get mugged and that was it. Credits. Yeah. You know, nothing else to it. Or like, watch hey, his you know, um, was played by uh, I forget what he was and he comes and he just says he's gonna kill himself. And, and but there's no like talking about Stanhope. Yeah, and it's like the Stanhope episode where he's like He's like, like, I'm not saying it to have you talk me out of it. I'm saying it as a fact. I'm going to say goodbye to you like that. And it's like, that's the conversation you have. And then it goes off. And it's just like, it's, it's, a, it's this really kind of explosive thing where you, you keep waiting. It plays with your, your, your expectations because, you know, you've seen shows like this before. It's like, no, you know, the, this normal sitcom thing would be like, talk him out of you, find a reason to look. Like, sometimes that's not how life works. So it's just like, but because it's a comedian, you wait for the joke. Yeah. And because it never gets there, it's a little bit more unsettling because you're like, wow, so you're telling me, I like, as a funny guy, I have a problem with that because they're presenting it a certain way. Like, I do. Going into this, I'm not I'm not saying, you know, it wasn't effective. And I'm not saying I don't get this little drama. I understand the effect they're going for. The entire way, I knew what this was after a certain point. Right now, I'm well aware of what they were trying to present and the fact that they succeeded in presenting that. What I'm saying is, it was sold, it was marketed. Even now, you watch the uh, previews for the show, and even the still images, it seems like it's going to be a comedy. I think that's a- You're right, um, like that little thing on Netflix, they're all like joking like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not funny, man. It's, it's giving folks a very positioned or something. It's like one, one guy, guy you talk about how fat he is and sad he's for the TV, like that's his whole you're selling audiences the wrong impression. You're going to go into this, and they're going to be blindsided. You do. That's going to do nothing but get you negative press. Like, yeah. Well, you did. You looked at the stills. They talked about it. It's like you would. Do. If you this is the who trailer, you're. I watched the trailer before I watched it. When I watched the trailer, I went, huh? Okay. I watched it. I'm like, okay. The trailer barely represented whatever. I watched the same trailer you did, bro. I'm assuming. Maybe they have I watched the movies. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, no, I got Because uh, the funny right. scenes that were in the trailer were in the show. But there was a lot of very good. Also, because I've seen Ricky Gervais, some of his other work, and you know how dry his humor is. And I like him. But at the same time, you can't be, obviously, you know, it's going to be a little bit drunk because, you know, it's about a guy whose wife died. But you want to take an angle from it. Like, it's largely about depression. And for anybody who said really depression, like, yeah, that's kind of how life feels for a bit. Like, it, it does feel like every day. And it gets tired. Alright, well, I think I think Shayna's, I think Shayna has a bit more of a, uh, more of an okay with the you way it's been like, in this, uh, opinion. Like, it was like, It was a little too, it, it was, it just felt like that misleading led you to believe it was going to be something that it wasn't, you know? And I was expecting a different kind of show and it just the effect it had on me was very pointy to the effect that um, I came away with for the review also. It's like, and this, and this is a review of a TV show. If I was just somebody looking for a bit of entertainment and I'm scrolling through Netflix and I see that, and yes, the trailer's gonna tell me, it's like, yeah, it's about some dark material, but ultimately it's coming from Ricky Gervais, so ha ha! That's, that's the point. 
and it's like you gotta you gotta you gotta be more upfront sometimes. And I understand that you don't wanna spoil things for folks. But you know what, this was the wrong post for it. And believe it or not, because of the acting, because of the writing, because of the emotional impact, and the way this was actually honest, believe it or not, even though I hated this by the end, and I, I'm, I, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Because at the very least, I think it accomplished its goal. It was well, it was well produced and well like performed. I've, I've never seen most of the actors. And I've seen I, some. It was I, yeah, like I watched enough British um, TV mm-hmm. that I have seen, like the um, woman who played the prostitute. I definitely seen her and stuff. Okay. Um, the woman from the park bench. She was in Shaun of the Dead. She played Shaun's mom. Oh yes, yeah, she did. She's very famous, actually. She was on uh, Doctor <laughs> Who. Yeah, but okay, okay. So a couple, a couple of people I definitely didn't recognize, but everyone else that was just in his regular day to day, I've never seen the intern before. I've never seen. Um, the, uh, the his, his co-worker who sat across from him or his boss. I feel like I may have seen uh, the secretary in the office. A lot of this had a lot of slang of the office, um, like the British office, without being a full-on comic, uh, uh, you know, comedy. But ultimately, I'm, I'm giving the thumbs up because it was really well done and it definitely got its point across. It's just, it just would have been nice to be more prepared for that going. But that's my opinion. Dude, we've still got the thumbs up. Just be really ready for it. This was good, Rich. Yeah, it was definitely good. Uh, out of left field in terms of like how dark it was gonna get. Like I said, you had to respect a little bit. You know what I mean? You know what the space. You know what you're looking. This is what the story's about. However, yeah, I definitely was waiting for a little bit more of a punchline here and there. Uh, nothing was uh, bad. It was just like it is something you got to kind of be prepared for. If that's not your cup of tea, then I'm kind of still prepared for it. But I, I enjoyed it um, by and large. Like I said, you got to be in the mood. You know what I mean? But if you are, oh man, yeah, it's it's it's, it's something. It's worthwhile. So I, I think what you're basically how to do is like really trying to do some uh, some good work, which is more. So I'll give you thumbs up as well. Yeah, like I told Scammer the thumbs up, I, I really enjoyed it, like, I'm gonna be fair, I don't think you can really be in the right mind, like, to be ready for the show, but I think it's a show worth watching, it's really honest, and I, I do like the overall message that, you know, your pain doesn't get to be other people's pain, like, you gotta acknowledge that you have pain, but it's not fair to hurt things in your pursuit to get um, or not. But it is a really interesting show, so I would definitely watch it. All right, that's that's actually a little surprising. I mean, I know you'd be down for it, but the approach of it being almost therapeutic. It is. All right. Okay. All right. So it gets get three positive reviews for seemingly very different reasons. <laughs> Um, but the show is called Afterlife, which starring Ricky Gervais and a few other faces you may have not seen before. It's on Netflix right now. Um, dude, I mean, damn, I, I, I think I need to kiss you after the review itself. Mm-hmm. This is like the second thing I've seen, uh, this is the second thing I've seen on Netflix, like in the last week, that's like completely surprised. Really? Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just call it Love, Dead, Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, Love, Death, and Robots, I expected to be good going in. I, I liked it. Was awesome. It was Year, but I liked it. Yeah, we were and then I realized it was based off heavy metal, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, 
sense once you have that comparison too it's like ah and the people involved in making it i was like oh okay i get it yeah that one pulled no punches yeah we're good that was the weirdest thing i'd ever seen but it was awesome yeah. all right we're gonna get down here on wherever we're broadcasting yeah. now yeah it, oh it's, it's different every time but i want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed fun-filled episode i've been pat b of course you know black adam willis and of course you know Shayna. and of course we know you i want to remind you all you uh, heard a thing tonight you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on uh, SoundCloud, on iTunes, do like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Find us on social media, do uh, Twitter, Facebook, all over the mother, Instagram. Uh, it's always slash the geek down at the geek down. SoundCloud, it's the geek dash down. Look at the geek down on your socials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to have you work out a uh, nice little, nice little, like old school 90s rap. Just find us individually. You can go to geek-down.com and bios and just information is there. Until then, I'll remind you all, catch us next week, same bad time, same bad channel. But until then, the excellent to each other.